Hello and welcome to this episode of Beyond the Bio, where today I am joined by Nikki Hutchison. Nikki has spent her career using marketing to grow businesses, both within ad agencies, then her own businesses, and now running her own agency supporting clients. She studied marketing and advertising to postgraduate level before joining the industry in 2001, and so much has changed since then, so she continues to keep her CPD up to date via online courses, programs, and membership and her own community of online marketers. Nikki has grown two six-figure businesses using organic marketing and is passionate about teaching other entrepreneurial women how to grow their audiences and businesses without paying for ads. So this is a great episode to be listening to, to see the benefits of raising your profile generally, hear what's worked for Nikki within her businesses and take away a few tips as to what might work for you too. So let's get stuck in. So welcome to Beyond the Bio, Nikki. It's great to have you on the show telling us a bit about your story and how you've become so visible. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Sophie. It's great to chat and catch up again. It is. And actually, I suppose there's a bit of a link there just in terms of how we've met, because I often talk on the show about networking and the value of connecting with people and where conversations go. And we met... Was it 2016, 2017? That's quite a long time ago. Yeah, actually. <laughs> now that we're in 2024, that's quite a while ago. So we met on a retreat with the Female Entrepreneur Association back in 2017 in sunny Palmer. And we've stayed in touch and here we are now. So, you know, the power of networking, right? Absolutely. And I was thinking before coming on today about the things that I do to grow my profile. And there was that one, which relates back to us knowing each other but also then we bumped into each other on a train do you remember oh yes and you said to me you must do Daniel Priestley's KPI oh, that's so <laughs> funny and then you did and then it yeah so there we go oh my gosh yeah well there you go small world and isn't it funny how how things are? I love bumping into people on the train it's, it's really great good. it's so fun <laughs> so today I, I want to chat to you about exactly that about how you've grown your profile and what it's done for you in your business so just thinking back is there a specific moment or point in time where you consciously decided to increase your visibility where it was a conscious effort 100% I left my career working in creative advertising agencies in 2011 and I started my first business in 2012 and I was very much behind the scenes. It was a kids hip hop dance company. I don't dance. I certainly don't teach anyone else how to dance, but I grew that business very much from the wings, shall we say. And so I didn't need to be the face of the business. I didn't want to be the face of the business. I wanted to focus on business growth. Then About five years in, I realized how much I missed marketing, how much I missed working with clients, helping them to grow their businesses. And so I set up my business, but I didn't have the courage to go by my own name initially. So I created this name for the business. It was the simplicity concept, which was ironic because it really didn't simplify things. And I, it took me a couple of years, actually, to build the confidence to say, actually, let's cut out that name. Nobody knows the business by that name. They're buying into me. And so it took me 
until 2019 to rebrand and be known as my name. And do you think at that point that was when you became more intentional around doing activities that are going to raise the profile of you and your name there for your business? Absolutely. It just felt a whole lot easier. It felt like I'd removed a hurdle that didn't need to be there in the first place. And what sorts of things have you done that have raised your profile that have worked really well for you? I think this is a really interesting question and there's a bit of an obvious answer, but bear with me because I do think this is applicable to everyone. The first thing is that it's going to take time and you're going to have to be consistent. So there's the boring bit out of the way. What do I mean or where do I mean when I'm talking about being consistent? For me, it's been about identifying the spaces and the places that feel good that have the right people in there, whether that is your ideal clients, people you want to collaborate, business friends for encouragement along the way. It might be as simple as Facebook groups. It might be memberships or programs like KPI. I'm still in touch with the people from my cohort, as I know you are as well. It might be masterminds. I've had experiences in lots of different masterminds. And even when they've gone wrong in terms of not getting quite what I expected from the person leading the mastermind, I've still found long-term friends and long-term clients. So identifying those places and spaces and showing up consistently is a really key one for me. And obviously you have your own podcast, So podcasting is something that I often talk about as a great strategy to raise your profile. How's podcasting been for you? How long have you been doing your show? I think we're on episode 104, 105, something like that. So a couple of years. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a couple of years. (laughs) Excuse my maths. And yet what I really like about podcasting is that it's such an easy way to connect with people because we all love to be invited onto podcasts, don't we? And... Even people who might have a bigger profile than you will quite often say yes to coming on your podcast because it's a great opportunity for them. And you can get that kind of you can benefit from that association, can't you? Definitely. I'm kind of still reasonably early days with Beyond the Bio, but it's exactly that. People are flattered to be invited on. I think you can give them... You know, even if you're just starting out in podcasting and someone's a lot more established and you're hoping to get in front of their audience, obviously that's the the win for you. But even for them, you know, you can make things easy for them. You can create them a nice graphic that they can share. You can tell them they can promote whatever they want at the end of the show or in the show notes. So there's some good wins there. And I think it's really interesting seeing the power of you know, going on to someone who's who's is a bit bigger or vice versa. I think that's really interesting. I was just looking at some stats for one of our clients this morning, actually, who's got a podcast, who is on a break. They do seasons, this particular podcast. And someone that was a guest on this show, maybe four, five, six months ago even, must have shared it within her community because it's had like two and a half thousand downloads in a couple of days just on one episode that's six months old and I'm just looking at it and I'm showing the team and I'm like we need to find out what this this guest has done because it's just suddenly gone bonkers on this one episode it's so fascinating but I think it is that it's that cross-pollination isn't it between the podcasts for sure and absolutely 
Yeah, I, I think it's great. And, and I think as well, it's, you know, inviting people on that you want to speak to, that you want to learn mm. from as well. So there's all sorts of different benefits that I've certainly seen. From yeah, 100%. And I don't think you need to be too worried about being very niche either. So my podcast is called the Audience Growth Podcast. As you know, you're going to be mm-hmm. coming on. Mm. And that doesn't mean that I only invite people who have got huge audiences to talk about how they've grown their audience there are some really interesting business stories that you can dig into from different angles as well so I don't think if you're thinking about starting a podcast it's good to have a niche but don't worry about straying from that niche Mm, yeah I would agree with that and I think the key thing is back to what you were just saying a bit earlier it's just consistency isn't it and just cracking Mm. on and doing it and trying different things out and just seeing what works what else have you done with profile building because you I think are a fan of awards so tell us about how awards have helped you with your profile yeah I think that entering awards is a great thing to do obviously you have lots of different levels of awards I know that you will preach this (laughs) as well you don't have to pay (laughs) to win an award those are the awards that I will never enter so yeah tread carefully but certainly don't discount some of the smaller awards that are maybe in your local region definitely a good idea to go for those right the way up to the big ones I was shortlisted for the Great British Entrepreneur Awards Global Entrepreneur of the Year in Scotland which is my local area in 2023 and that has led to me getting opportunities within that community. I've also been a judge for the Startup Awards in Scotland. I think that was probably through an introduction from you, actually, Sophie, initially. Yeah. So being prepared to give back as well as just putting yourself forward all the time and perhaps Mm. be a judge, that's a really good way to raise your profile as well. I think that's a great strategy because I think you do get to a point where you've probably done most of the awards if you're in the same business. And and I think you should still always have awards in your strategy in some way because I think that it's not just about saying you're award winning. It's actually about some of the things that you just touched on there around the community and being invited to events. And you know, I'm a massive fan of Great Pitch Entrepreneur Awards and the Startup Awards that they're run by the same people. Mm-hmm. And I think the community that they have created is really powerful. And I've had some brilliant conversations and some collaborations that have come off the back of of being involved with those. So I think it's it's thinking a bit more widely and being less skeptical, but making sure, as you say, that you go for the right ones because some of them are just so scammy. I am so over getting these emails that I get all the time. I just literally just deleted a load about, hey, you've been nominated or you've won this award. Yeah. And you just need to pay us $1,500 for this trophy. <gasps> and But I think as well, leading on to what you were saying there about becoming a judge, I think that's another sort of natural next step, particularly for things like Startup Awards when you're now no longer able to apply for a startup award mm. for example and I think it's a nice way of giving it back it's a great way of networking I really like doing judging where I get to meet the other judges because the benefits there around the networking are, are just massive so yeah I really enjoy doing that because it's quite time consuming judging yes so it is you want to get something from it in that sense so I guess when you get to a point that you're at where you know your business is established you've done all these things that are working towards building your profile but then you get to a point I think where you're becoming a magnet for opportunities and all sorts of things are being presented as opportunities for mm. you how do you balance your time between running your business and then taking up some of these opportunities and concentrating on the visibility how do you do that 
I'm laughing because I don't know if I do balance my time, Sophie. (laughs) I'm very much a person who will say yes. So I will put myself forward for opportunities. I will ask for those opportunities and I will say yes. So I am a mentor, for example, for Enterprise Nation. I'm a digital trainer for Google Digital Garage. I'm going down to the startup show at the end of January in London. That's going to take up a huge amount of time. I've I've crafted a whole five day trip around it. But what I've done to try and make best use of that time is that I'm going down a couple of days earlier. I've identified some networking events that I think are going to be one of these right spaces that I mentioned. And I've identified some of those for both before that event and after that event so that I can really make the most of that trip. I love to be as efficient as possible with my time, but I do tend to say yes. So you will find me overcommitting a lot. <laughs> mm, that's definitely something I'm working on this year to say no to more things, but it is a challenge. But, you know, another point that you picked up on there around sort of networking and and collaboration, you know, they're key components of increasing visibility. Have you got any stories or examples that you can share where you have met someone at a networking event and it's led to a fantastic collaboration? I think the first example that springs to mind is probably my friend, Abby, who I used to run my own networking events. And that's actually something I know that you're an advocate for that, Sophie. It's something that I really would recommend. So when I first started this business, I ran a monthly networking event in Edinburgh. I invited guest speakers along and I ran those for three years, right up until the pandemic. The last one that I ran was on the 13th of March, 2020. So we were bumping elbows. (laughs) I remember. And Abby came along to that very last event. It was the first time we'd met in person. I think she'd been on my email list for a while. And she's great. She's got such a great personality. She's the perfect person you would want to meet at a networking event. And she then joined one of my programs We worked together for a couple of years and then one day we decided that we were going to launch our own bigger event. So we created last year an event that runs now in February every year in Edinburgh called Adventures in Marketing. And we identify and invite key business owners and marketers from across the UK and sometimes beyond who we would love to hear from. So those local networking events could have been 15 to 20 people in a room. And this is now over 100 people in a room. And that all came from Abby turning up to that very first or that very last, I should say, networking event before COVID. Isn't that funny? And have you been tempted to reinstate the monthly ones as well? Or do you just think actually it's more efficient to do the one big bang? Is that where you're at? That is actually one example of where I am trying to balance my time better. Those monthly events were great when I was first starting out. I still have clients who I met at some of those first events, but it took a lot of organizing. You can imagine every single month organizing all the tickets, the speakers, you know, looking at the roster of who, you know how it goes. Yeah. And it's just too much now. I'd rather do one bigger concentrated event. But if I had my time again, I would absolutely do those small ones again. We're looking at bringing City Ladies to Edinburgh this Amazing. Year. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking of you and I was thinking, oh, yeah, I know, because obviously I know a few people in yeah. Edinburgh. And I was thinking, actually, I think we could probably, you know, have a sellout launch between... 
and mm. sort of everyone's contacts and things. So, but yeah, that's it exciting. Does take it is exciting, but it does take time. I mean, we've got quite a slick process now because we've got a few different cities that w- mm-hmm. we're operating in, but. Yeah, interesting that yours kind of built up and, and obviously yours is, you know, a specific topic, whereas ours is just women in business, it's very mm. general. So I get why you would move across to to the, what you've done. That's and also cool. it's interesting now, people who don't necessarily know me through my business will sometimes introduce me as, oh, this is Nikki from Adventures in Marketing. Uh, <laughs> and I think, wow, that's such a small part of my business, actually. But it's great that people know me that way. Yeah, for sure. It's got lots of potential as well, mm. I think, still. Amazing. So just thinking about being visible online, what's your approach in terms of social media? Are you everywhere? Are you doing a bit of everything? Are you repurposing the same content across every platform? Or is there a particular place that you're hanging out where you find and you're getting the better return? Yep, interesting, because I review this every year and I've just reviewed it and I've actually decided to stop sharing content on my business Facebook page and go all in on Instagram, LinkedIn, continue experimenting with TikTok and of course promote my podcast online. I've done all the things. I've been on all the all the channels for a while. I have a fabulous scheduling tool where my assistant will create the content. I can go in and edit it and then it just gets blasted out. We don't ever share apart from on podcast release day we don't ever share the same content on the same day and we will tweak it slightly to be channel specific however I really think that it happens every year doesn't it the online space gets noisier and noisier and noisier and it's really difficult to stand out now and I don't believe that being on every single channel is necessarily the way to go right now at this moment in time I believe that it's much better to be more strategic and pick a couple of channels where you really feel at home, you really feel confident creating that content, you are able to dedicate some time to engaging because I find that I could not engage and respond to everything on all channels and that is it's just not good manners, is it? <laughs> it's the equivalent of not replying to somebody if they send you an email. Well, it means like, what was the point in putting it out there yeah. in the first place, I guess, to, to a point. Yeah. A couple of questions. Which tool are you using that sounds really cool? What, what is it? So I use Adobe Express. I'm a global ambassador for them and their scheduling tool. It was previously known as Content Cal and then they were bought over by Adobe and it's now within Adobe Express. So we use Adobe Express for all of our content creation from designing the graphics to actually scheduling the content. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. So if you, what did you say you are, an ambassador? or a, what, Yeah, what did you global ambassador. Does that yeah. mean you've got a referral code? Is that something we can stick in Absolutely, there? yes. <laughs> <I'll stick that laughs> in. Thank you. Cool. Um, so that was that question. The other question was, you mentioned that you decided to sack off a couple of platforms that, that you didn't think were yes. so good. What's your approach with that? Because presumably you've got profiles on those. So are you just deleting them? Are you putting a message on saying, hey, I'm not hanging out here anymore. Find me over on Instagram or wherever. Like, How, how do you do that in a way that yes. works? That's what I've done. So Twitter, I, I also don't use anymore for various reasons. I used to love Twitter. I've kind yeah. of gone off it a bit, but I did used to be a big fan. Yeah. 
So on there, I have a message saying where you can find me, where I mainly hang out. And again, I just updated my Facebook page last week to say I like to be as transparent as possible. So I've basically explained what we've just discussed, why my approach is changing, why I recommend this and where I would like to deepen our connection and and pointing them to those different places. And you said there you're focusing on Instagram, LinkedIn and TikTok. Which one of those is working the best for you this year, do you think? Instagram is definitely historically the best channel for me, as well as Facebook groups. I have a private client only Facebook group. But I think that this year is the year of LinkedIn. I don't know what your thoughts are. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. So that's definitely by far and away my biggest platform. And it always has been. I've been a lot more intentional about when I post, how I post, the kind of content that I'm posting. So that's been a huge focus for me, certainly for the last two years, I would say. And I get a lot of engagement on there. Twitter used to be really big, a lot bigger in my first business because a lot of my clients hung out on there. And I would say my current clients don't really hang out on there, but then I'm less interested in it myself. So maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not giving it as fair a chance. I'll probably always keep my Twitter profile just because... I quite like the pace of getting news, but Mm. that's not business related. And then Facebook, I've got a business Facebook page and then I've got my personal profile. And uh, I really, I should probably sack Facebook off, but I've got a couple of collaborations coming up this year where I think it might be quite useful, you know, where people have got bigger audiences on there. So I kind of think, oh, do I need to give it a bit more attention? I don't know. And then Instagram is a funny one for me because... I actually set up an Instagram profile, I don't know, four years, three, four years ago when I started doing property investing. And it was about, I wanted to use it for my property stuff. And then when I sold my first business, the property side of things had to go on pause because I needed the cash from that to put into this business. So I haven't bought any new property since. So that kind of phased out. And then I guess I'm still finding my way with it, but I quite enjoy it. So Mm. I tend to, I've got into a bit of a groove now where I'm probably posting about Beyond the Bio on the day that the episode comes out. So that would be a Monday post. And then at some point, there's no schedule to it. I'm quite random. At some point throughout the week, I'll post something else. But posts tend to be quite business focused, but hopefully a bit lighthearted as well. And then I love stories. So I'm always posting stories. But I think they are... They're, they're a mix they're like business but then also quite fun as well and I get like there's a lot of people in, in my stories so I think well they either think I'm a bit of a knacker they just <laughs> have a bit of a laugh and see what I'm up to or they quite like it I, I don't know but I've got a, a real mixed bag of people in there and I think well it seems to be working and actually to be fair you know the proof's in the pudding I do get inquiries through on dms yes so but yeah LinkedIn all day long just the way it works and the way you can get in front of you know really quite far removed connections is is just massive it's massive it's interesting what you say about Facebook as well I was at Social Media Marketing World last March in San Diego and Michael Stelsner who is the organizer was talking about the potential of your personal profile but if you switch it to professional mode which you can do Mm -hmm. and start sharing content on there then the potential for reach is far greater than a Facebook page but then would they not see all the like hey I'm at this restaurant with my mother yes exactly Uh... so you would have to make a decision about what you're prepared to share so I don't use Facebook for for anything except business now but the other thing that has 
meant that I haven't taken advantage of that opportunity is that you can't schedule to a personal Facebook page and I need my baseline of content scheduled. Otherwise, it just doesn't happen. Interesting, interesting. Bit of food for thought there. I do need to think about it because it is a big time commitment to be on everything. So it is working out where it is. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our time. So thank you so much for coming on. So where can people find you if they want to connect? Great. Thank you, Sophie. Well, first of all, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Adventures in Marketing. I know that this episode will be coming out before then. So it is an epic event, an epic adventure for business owners. It's in Edinburgh on the 8th of February. And if you head to adventuresinmarketing.uk, then you should still be able to snap up a ticket. Last year, we had adventurers from Orkney to Cornwall and a couple from Europe as well. So if you have any questions about that, please let me know. And other than that, I go under my name on all channels at Nikki Hutchison. Awesome. And we'll put links to all of those things in the show notes so that you can catch up with Nikki. Awesome. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you're serious about growing your profile, take our free profile assessment quiz to see where you're at right now and get hints and tips on how to improve your score. You'll find the link to the quiz in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, it would be mint if you'd subscribe, like and leave a review. See you next Monday.